0: People can agree on one thing. This country is awesome. Whether you're right side or left side, it's time to put it all aside and remember how amazing this country is. So sit back, pop a cold one, and grab those pork rinds. It's time for Made in America. With your host, the angry Texan himself, Gregory Parrott.
1: Howdy! Ow! Welcome to Made in America. I am your host, the angry Texan, Greg Barrett. With me in the studio, I have a special guest host, uh, co host this evening, Chris White.
2: Hey, Greg. <laughs> gotta be out a <laughs>
1: Chris is a good buddy of mine that grew up in uh, Graham, Texas with me. He's down uh, to do some training uh, that he has to do twice a year uh, in his profession. And when he comes down, we always get into some golf shenanigans and some laughs and some cutting ups. And he's also an avid listener of both podcasts, Crying in My Car and Made in America, as we sit here in the Crying in My Car studios.
2: Very nice. Yeah.
1: yeah impressive yeah devin devin put a lot of work into this place man i'm gonna be honest and it's a shame he couldn't be with us today he's playing mr mom and i and topped it
2: off with some essential oils over yeah here. i know that's what i said i was
1: like i was like dude are we are we gonna be recording we can do a massage studio in here you know but yeah this is our humble abode here in downtown Winterhaven. um And if if you've never been to downtown Winter Haven, uh, those that are listening, it is actually one of the coolest cities I've ever been in in my life or lived in. It's fast-growing, and it's got a really booming downtown. It's got that good small-town feel, but it's not like our hometown, though. It's like everything I wanted my hometown to be. You
2: mean, like, largest downtown square with 20 shops? Yeah.
1: They, they're open.
2: They're open and, you know, they're all the same. Right. Great for a ranch where. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's, it's, odd, it's odd that we take, we, we go back home, and especially I do, I take for granted, like, how different a world, you know, rural Texas is in the rest of the country. I mean, it's it's awesome. I mean, people are friendly and everything's, you know, pretty cool, pretty and stuff to look at, but. I took Angelina, you know, uh, a couple of years ago, and she's like, "Does anybody have a car?" Uh, we were sitting there eating uh, lunch at, at Golden Chick, Golden Chick. <laughs> which is still got some banging fries, man. When they took away those biscuits though, man, and they would put down, those stupid yeah, rolls down, on, yeah, yeah, down, yeah, I was down, like, yeah. them crumbled biscuits were the best. But anyways, uh, we're sitting there and she's just looking out the window at all the traffic going by. She goes, "All I keep seeing is trucks." And not like the trucks we see in Florida, where the the guys dr- jack them up like twenty feet off the ground with all the lights under them and everything, and they they park it in a cul de sac. Yeah, I was I like, mean, are... there
2: was always like one or two. Yeah, of those trucks cruising around. Somebody in high school always had some.
1: And they, hey, I'm gonna go mudding, and then you hear about them on Monday, like, "Well, how'd mudding go?" It's like oh, I broke the actual
2: what was that? Hot point loop out yeah. there? Oh, you
1: yeah. Know. That's that's where I took my Bronco. As soon as I got a four-wheel drive Bronco, I took it out there that day. Locked those hubs, man. Got out. And and a couple of times we got stuck. Yeah, buried to the axle. I know. I was no like,
2: cell phone. Out in the middle of nowhere.
1: I was like, oh, this is this is fun. This is what four-wheel drive is all about. I'm so glad I'm stuck. I was like, I bought this so I wouldn't <laughs> get stuck. But um, welcome to Winter Haven and all welcome right. back to Florida. Uh, we... We had some fun golf on, uh, yeah. <laughs> on Monday. Yeah. And guys were just, I mean, Kyle, especially your co-pilot, Kyle was so excited about seeing a gator. Yeah, I
2: think we were both were fascinated with the uh, wildlife around the course. You know, it was pretty much my first time seeing a gator in the wild.
1: Really? I thought i uh, you had seen one well, another I mean, time.
2: We, we went on one of those tours, yeah. airboat tours. I don't really count that because they drive out there and, start making noises. Next thing you know, you're surrounded by them. But this would just drive up and there's a 10-foot alligator staring yeah. at you. Yeah,
1: there was – usually on the front nine, we would always, you know, see a lot of gators in then I'd be, bring friends out, you know, like Scott. Like the very first tee, there was one on the tee box. He was like, holy crap, you know. And uh, that very tee box we started off on. I mean, the the gator was laying by the, the blues, yeah. and we were like, well, I guess we're playing from the whites today.
2: <laughs> well, you know, it, it was – uh our friend that was playing with us was, you know, kind of warning us. So yeah, I think Keith, yeah. Keith, And I think we're more, Kyle C more, like, I really want to see what this gator can do. Yeah, he <laughs> was. He's like, He's like. I'm like, dude, I, I wouldn't tempt it.
1: I mean, they are, when I say they are fast when they attack, uh, they are fast. Like, they, uh, when I worked for the gardens and uh, I was with the, the pirate show with Mike Lee and, and all of us, our Show our stage right out the back door was the gator pit, and we had this big fence and everything. So we got to see gators every day, but the trainers hung out with us, and they told us every information. You know, they they gave us all of the details. Uh, one of the the oldest gator in captivity was in that pen. It was the one that was using the Johnny Westmeyer movies, Tarzan, and it was in the movie attacking him. But what's sad is that they had drilled a hole through its mouth and put a bolt with a with screws and everything, a big bolt Damn. through its mouth to keep it shut during those movies. And then later on, they're like, well, that was inhumane. Do <laughs> you think? Yeah. It's like, no. We can unbolt his mouth. Yeah. Now. So they had him swimming in the water with him. You know, I was like, I was like, yeah, it's like, yeah, like, yeah, but imagine if he was to get his mouth open. We we wouldn't have had that Tarzan movie.
2: But, you know, now, here, now in Texas, it, gators are becoming more, a lot more sightings, anyway.
1: Yeah, that's, that's... In the last 10 years, I've noticed, like, Lake Worth, you yeah, know. Yeah, Lake uh, Worth,
2: some guy. I mean, there was a good 10-foot, 12-foot gator just hanging out.
1: Lake Ray Hubbard, I heard there was one. Uh, uh, Lake Texoma, yeah. I, I've heard of So, it's obviously somebody has... Taking that, like I know it's not coming up from the bayous of of Houston, just coming up the river, the yeah. Trinity, all the way. Oh, let me go around the dam here and climb up. No, they're not migrating up the river. Somebody has dropped them off. Oh, yeah. If it was a little one or if it was a big one, just like well, here you go. Yeah,
2: you know, I remember uh, my college roommates were from this town up in the panhandle, Groover, Texas, 20, 30 miles from the Oklahoma panhandle border. There's between their town and this other town, Spearman. Some guy had a gator farm. Oh wow! And I'm like, this the most random spot for a gator farm. Yeah,
1: especially with the most brutal <laughs> yes, winters yeah. in the country, or in the, and, the Texas know, Panhandle. And
2: basically, you go could pay money and go stick a chicken on a hook and fly it out there and watch it eat. But it was still, I'm like, why are you pulling these up here? Not didn't make sense to me, but I mean. yeah. Hell, we went and paid money to throw a raw chicken at a gator. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind you of know. cool
1: watching them. I mean, you should watch them in yeah. the gator pit feed. And
2: maybe I should take Kyle to that and let him see what a gator can. Yeah, like yeah, he to
1: needs <laughs> to, he needs to also know that like they can outrun a racehorse up to fifty feet. Yeah, but you don't think fifty feet's very far. I know I can't. Like they even showed. Remember Ocho Senko, He tried to race a racehorse on <laughs> yeah. foot. Even fifty feet, he didn't outrun it. Okay. People don't realize how far fifty feet is. It's it's long enough to where uh, I, I think there's there's a custodian in the hallway singing or something. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, something going on. Hank's out there whistling Andy Griffith too. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'm glad that you guys got to see the gator because I mean, the front nine did not produce, and now you got well, to that, see it. That osprey. Bird. Yeah, that so osprey, that was, that was cool. cool. I've never
2: seen that. Yeah. There's all kinds of weird birds out there. Yeah, the
1: sandhill cranes, and then the little white cranes, and then the little coots, and then, I mean, y'all really did get a a nature, uh, because the the big cranes, I remember Kyle's like, oh, what are those? You know, like the five, six-foot-tall bird there, and I was like, oh, those are sandhill cranes, you know, and I gave them the education. They they choose one mate for life, and, you know, and that's it. There's one on Willowbrook out there. I wish he would have been out there, but there's a sandhill that's out there. And he's missing a foot. So like I told you, he's he be walking through the course limping like that bass singer from Boys to Men. <laughs> so that,
2: well that and there's some Florida redneck walking around with uh that foot as his keychain. Yeah,
1: or or a gator's got it hanging out of his mouth still, yeah. you know. Uh but I, I'm glad that you guys got to see that. Now I will say the golf uh started out fun and then uh And then uh, Florida became uh, ball soup again. And uh, by 17, we were playing all so bad. Even Keith was like, Greg, uh, I hope I'm not hurting anybody's feelings if I say, you know, hey, let's just pick up and go back to the car. It was was
2: kind of one of those things. I'm glad he said it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) We were everybody. No one wanted to speak up and hurt somebody's feelings that might be trying to play good golf. I was at that (laughs) point like – Please, somebody in this.
2: I think you were there by the fourth hole.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, I was, it, it definitely was catching up to me by uh, the first blow up hole.
2: Yeah. Like, I mean, it, it definitely was gold bond, gold bond season. <laughs> yeah. It you was.
1: know, oh my God. And Kyle, I kept saying to him, I was like, Welcome to Florida. Welcome to Florida, <laughs> buddy. Welcome to Florida.
2: Well, you know, that one, I think it was the last hole we played. I just didn't feel like going up to the green to putt. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm tired of this. So we're over there hanging around a drainage ditch looking for gators and Kyle finds one. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know. it, it, that's
1: what Keith said We drove by and goes, I don't think they're into it anymore. No. I, was like, <laughs> I
2: was like, I'm pretty sure they cashed out. Kyle's off. FaceTiming everyone like, hey, look at the gator.
1: <laughs> I know. <laughs> the d- kids. That was so funny. It's like every time we saw a gator, it's like, oh, my God, I got to talk to my kids. Yeah. It's like this little two-foot gator here. It's no bigger than a lizard. You know, like, oh, okay, hey. But, man, that was uh, – I'm, I'm just glad. I can't wait for you guys to come back down when it's nice weather and play a ton of – like, right now, this is the time of year where Devin and I and Keith, we try to tee off right around sunrise. That way, by the time it starts to get hot – we're on the 18th green. Like, yeah, whew, it's no joke. I'm starting to break a sweat. I'm glad this is the 18th hole. <laughs> you know, like, if I'm going to blow up, here it is. Yeah.
2: I mean, it, it was brutal. I, I, I don't think I've experienced that.
1: Yeah, and I had to go to work, too. That, that was, no, no, I didn't. Have, that's right, I was off that day, but I had to go move furniture afterward. And that we was we had
2: uh, simulators that night. Not, we were driving home. Oh, that's
1: right. You guys had to, uh, y'all were supposed to be back by three. <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> we were at, like, 2.30, so and I was like, uh-oh. We, were, we had sim sessions that night, and we're driving back. I told Casa, so I think it's one of the dumbest decisions we made.
1: Now, now tell, tell the listeners exactly what it is that you do. I think I've mentioned it a few times that you're a I'm pilot. A, but I'm
2: a corporate pilot, fly for a company, You know, fly their execs around and do that. We're down here. We have to come to training twice a year, stay current. Fortunately, it's in Florida as opposed to Wichita, Kansas, or Wilmington, Delaware. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I come down, give Greg a shout. We're here in Orlando, so got something to do. I'll be still got another week to go here.
1: Yeah, but all all the years you've been coming down, we've never got to take a drink together because they're very strict on that policy with you. Oh, yeah.
2: I mean, you you don't mess around with that, or I don't. Yeah. You got, you know, the rule eight hours bottle of throttle.
1: Now, uh, now, as far as your simulators concerned, like are these like the just the, the super simulators you get in the box and it's got the hydraulic lifts like oh, you're, yeah. like you're I at mean, Disney it's, and
2: it's uh, you know. about as realistic as you get. I mm-hmm. mean, to you, it looks like it's fun. To us, I hate them. Really, I mean,
1: it's but you're in there for hours. It's not like yeah, you, you can do, push pause, and be like, "Well, I got to go take a piss," you know. It's,
2: well, I mean, what 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 we do is uh, I'll fly for two hours and then we'll get out, take a 15-minute break, then Kyle goes for two hours, or whoever you're flying with. So you're in there four hours. And the whole four hours, no matter if you're flying or pilot not flying, actually the pilot, co-pilot's probably doing more work because he's running checklists because, you know, they're setting everything on fire. Right. You know, so they're giving you like
1: oh yeah. the, the uh, they're giving, it's not like, oh, hey, you know, okay, uh, l- let me make a bake left here. No. They're, si- they're like, let's set these guys up for disaster.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's, that's the, what the training is. You know, we're going to blow your engine up at the most critical time on takeoff and you got to get it up. And survive.
1: that's It's like that, that movie Space Cowboys with Tommy Lee Jones and <laughs> yeah. uh, that simulator they were in and those guys like, uh, let's give them compartment fire and uh yeah. give all, all this and it's this it shows them in the rain they're all bouncing oh, yeah. around. I mean this
2: thing it will bounce or, uh bounce around really you know when they simulate turbulence and wind shear. Uh last uh when we were here uh in Tampa for the when we were flying the key air, uh, you know, they do your terrain avoidance. Basically they you know, you're flying along, and your instrument starts saying, "Hey, you know, warning, you, you're something coming up," and your procedure is to pull up. You start, you just pull up so you don't run into the side of the mountain. Yeah. Well, I think we we did that, and I can't remember what happened, but the sim instructor forgot to turn something off or do something, <laughs> and literally, literally. Ran us into that mountain. <laughs> and it was violent as hell in that simulator. I mean, it hurt.
1: Wow. <laughs> Did you get out and go <laughs> grab me? That it was
2: like. What did, you know is like this could have messed something up. You <laughs> y'all know? actually
1: come out of the simulator <laughs> yeah. with tethered clothes and, and, and cuts on the forehead and I mean the it, actual.
2: It was it was, by, it was like rear-ending somebody. <laughs> did, like, did the inflatable <laughs> ramp come <laughs> out of the
1: simulator and y'all slid down like holy shit this is real.
2: So it was uh that was pretty western there, but no it's it's about as realistic as you can get. I mean it's it's intense. You know you're. <laughs> You
1: come off the simulator and you're like, "All right, this is like the episode of Lost." So uh, I'm in charge. <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah. I Holy mean, it's crap. Ba- basically, it's like what what's the worst scenario we could put y'all in? Yeah. You know, a lot of it's, you know, you only have one engine, weather's down to zero, Wow. And you have to get it on the ground while other failures are going. I mean, it, it's intense. It's not a lot of fun you have some time left to let you go play around go fly around new york city yeah i remember you showing me
1: video yeah. and you were like doing a barrel roll through manhattan yeah. or something
2: yeah we'll let you go play around Mo- you know most of the sims now are like really realistic when it comes to landscape such as new york city uh now
1: can you do me a favor and do at the very end of your simulation this time and we'll post it on our podcast pages if you can do this pull this off I want somebody to do a barrel roll through the arch in St. Louis. <laughs>
2: I'll see if we can do it.
1: <laughs> all right. I'll try. So, man, I, I, we, we all take jobs for granted, but a simulation training like that, it's just, now, do you ever have the one where it's like, ah, oh, crap, man, part of the the landing gear is not going down. So now we got to circle the airport a hundred times oh, yeah. to burn the gas off into a belly landing.
2: You don't necessarily have to, you know, burn the gas off but no, uh, you know, we'll, blow all these airplanes are very redundant systems back up to a backup. So the chance that if your gear is not going to come down, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff wrong. So we, we can blow our gear down with pneumatics or whatever, but you, you learn how to do pump, you know, or pump it down. You, I mean, you learn, go, I mean, it's real I mean, you go through every possible emergency. Wow. That, uh, you could possibly face, and then some that you know you won't face, like dual engine failure, glide,
1: yeah, stuff. You now, know. now I was uh, I played Disney not too long ago, and I really wanted to take you guys this time, but they were fully booked. Next time you're down, I'm going to take you guys to Disney. There's one hole uh, at the uh, all, at the Disney courses; they have all of this um, these historical markers on each hole, saying, "Oh, this is the hole that started the." You know, winning streak for Hal Sutton. You know, or you know, yeah. they'll say what happened. You know, like so and so hit a, an eagle on this hole to take him to the lead and win this uh, classic because it's the Disney classic. Uh, and then there's one hole where it's like this hole. Uh, a bunch of ongoers cut through these woods right here and caused a deer to run in the water and an alligator went in the water too. It's it's class. I mean, it's it's all these cool historic things. But I was reading one that showed. And it talked about Payne Stewart, and I was like, "Ah, oh, man, that's that's always the golfer that gets to me." You know, yeah. like he was such a good dude. Yeah, and the way he died was just, you know, you hear the story about how you know the F-14 jet or whatever that oh, that yeah. the, the, came up and flew next, and they he's able to look in the, in the in the plane, and everybody was just done. Yeah. So, what happens in that situation? I mean, do you do you guys? I mean, obviously something happened where they lost oxygen and everybody just passed out yeah
2: there was probably some systematic failures within the that led to that for some reason they weren't alerted or didn't know that their cabin was that basically depressurized yeah you know when you don't have that it's you can't breathe yeah and uh for some reason something didn't go off or they didn't recognize it and it was too late yeah you know, rapid decompression, uh, you know, you're up at 40,000 feet or so. You probably got three to five seconds to, you know, start breathing.
1: Oh, wow. Really? It's, it's that quick. It. Yeah. yeah.
2: Especially really up high, above 40,000. And that's where, you know, these jets we fly, normally fly. We fly, usually fly above the airlines. Yeah, Cause yeah, because it's
1: like 32,000 feet for Yeah, airlines.
2: they're in the mid-30s. Mid you know, every once in a while, the newer ones will be up there, but...
1: But you're up there where like if you look up it's really dark blue. Yeah. Like you're on yeah. the edge of space. You know, some
2: of like. these some of these newer planes now, they I mean they can get up in the fifties. Oh wow. And uh I've been to forty eight thousand. Wow, that's that's it's, you know, it's kind of
1: a it's not as you're light.
2: sitting there on the edge, kind of it feels like, but
1: you, you see know. the curvature of the earth like Yeah, uh-oh. I mean you,
2: I mean if you take a picture up there, you'll see it. Yeah,
1: I've seen a lot of the stuff yeah. that you've posted, you know, you'll post a a beautiful picture of, of a sunset or now here's another thing. Have you flown through an eclipse? I've seen that one video where uh, some airline that was going through Alaska and I guess there was going to be an eclipse close to the Arctic circle and this pilot deviated like a hundred miles just to fly through. I don't know that I have, you know, I've, I've
2: seen all, you know, I've seen, you know, the coolest thing to me is, uh, being up in there and seeing a rainbow going down to the ground or you know, just or even the lightning shows of some of these thunderstorms. Oh wow! You know, you sit there and like I always say you don't. You'll be flying around a thunderstorm. You look over there, you'll see another airplane going around it too. You know, and he's a little dot about that big. You look up at that thunderstorm. thunderstorm.
1: Yeah, it's a gigantic mountain, and it you just like...
2: realize how small you really are on this earth. Yeah. you know, and it's just all kind of put you in check a little bit. So is yeah. that
1: your whenever you you get weather reports and you're flying is there ever a time where you're looking and you're like I can't go around this it's too big I'm just going to have to go through it
2: No you don't you don't mess with mother nature Yeah at all
1: cuz I've gone through I've flown into Dallas and there was a thunderstorm and I remember how cool it was to fly through like the big, big thunderhead, you know. And I mean, it wasn't like it was raining, but it, you know, we saw a little bit of lightning here and there. Or, but it was, there would be like these gaps, and all of a sudden you'd see like this blue yeah, I sky. Mean, that's, and that, then, I
2: mean, I, to get around them, that's what you do: you shoot the shoot the gaps, we'll call it, or go around it. But you know, like the main part, yeah, you know, you don't mess with at all, yeah, because even you know, our role is. 20 miles distance around it to go around it.
1: Now, do you think you could hang with these pilots over in Lakeland that that are with the National Hurricane Center? That's where they're based out of now. They're over here. There's one base I guess they have over in Mississippi or Alabama, and then the main one for the hurricane hunters is over here in Lakeland now.
2: Yeah, I I think it would be fascinating to go on a ride with them. Yeah. I mean, just to see what they see. Yeah, that's – You know, going through an eye wall. And then coming out, and you're just like, "What is this?" Yeah, you know. I always think those pictures within the eye wall, you know, how well defined the eye is. Yeah, I think this is fascinating to me.
1: It's it's a crazy thing to go through. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll explain this. Whenever Irma came up through here, and it started getting small, like the. I guess the, the center of circulation kind of got broad and it so like the whole thing was just blowing out. Now it was kind of starting to collapse, but I remember streetlights were still kind of on a little bit in certain spots and I'm looking out sideways. The wind's blowing over the back of my building. So I'm on my front porch and I'm able to smoke a cigarette almost, you know, and like, and I remember looking off in the distance and I'm looking at my radar. I still got internet for some reason and I'm looking at, you know, how close it's getting And there's one point where it was just solid. You couldn't see anything. And you remember that scene in the movie the day after tomorrow when all of a sudden it just starts clearing up and the dude sees in the distance. He looks up and he's like, oh, crap, here's the eye. Uh, That's what I saw. It was at night. So I was all of a sudden I could just start seeing all the lights in the distance. I was like, oh, and then the wind just died (laughs) down. I was, it was the creepiest thing I'd ever experienced. I was like, wow. But yeah, that calm that they those hurricane hunters go in the storm. Man, maybe that's your next career. Is, uh, hey, I've, I've flown a lot well, of jets you know, around. You know, I, I can fly this. I was a big
2: weather. I am still am a big weather dork. Yeah. You know, I had a minor in atmospheric science at Tech. That's what I – growing up, that's what I initially wanted to do is be a meteorologist.
1: Yeah, that, I remember we had that discussion in high school. That was my first major. I
2: went down to – looked at Texas A&M. And then find out how much math was involved. I'm like, hey, that's probably not for me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. That,
1: that's the part that got me, too. I was like, where's the part where I just like b- release balloons? Can I be yeah. that guy that just works yeah. in the meteorology thing? Like, hey, I need you to crunch some numbers. Nah, I'm going to, I'm just going to go out and see if I can see a storm. Yeah. That's the you know, meteorologist I wanted to be. Don't
2: grab a beer cooler and let's go chase this tornado. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know.
1: <laughs> exactly. And I uh, don't see why more of these chasers don't have like, like, I, I, there's so many of them out there now. You know, Reed, yeah. T- Reed Timmer the biggest, of course. But then you got the other Chatwick guy, and you got all these other. You got the Twister sisters, two idiot <laughs> chicks who have no clue what they're doing.
2: I'm not aware of the Twister sisters. Oh, <laughs> dude, you okay. got to
1: listen. Dude, they had their own show on A&E for a while. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> they're like, yeah, we get all our information we have on this. I'm like, you have no idea. You just, you watch the movie Twister, and you just start going with well, it. That,
2: that's what we all did. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah,
1: but see, my parents, uh, we were actually trying to see stuff like that before the movie ever came out. I used to rob my parents, and then there was also, you know, I had uh, friends and relatives that were storm spotters for Young County. Yeah. That was my thing. I wanted to get into oh, yeah. that. That was like, as soon as I'm 18, I'm going to be out there, and I'm going to do this and uh, be with the volunteer fire department, but then they had somebody with the volunteer fire department that made some errors, went out, and was starting fires and then coming back oh we got a fire to go put <laughs> that was still one of my favorite stories and then when he did that he kind of messed it up for well hold on we're not just letting everybody in the volunteer fire you, department uh, anymore
2: do you uh remember the uh radio ram charger There's yes the, the, the radio station local radio station. yes did you uh ever call in false weather reports <laughs> no to, but- uh the radio station just to see if they would report them. No, I, up, we did that all the Rob and I did that all the time.
1: You do it to, to the, the old guy that was there, William profit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if you, if you don't know rural radio, I'm telling you, it's, I mean, I'm surprised that sometimes they weren't on there giving out recipes and stuff the way they talk. The sportscaster is still my favorite. Oh, I will yeah. listen to them every football season to listen to the Graham Steers. If you ever want to get a taste of real America, listen to the Graham Steers football program online and the announcers for that game. (laughs) I mean, they're it's like, and it's first and ten, and, oh, there's a pass, and it's a first down going to uh, Mr. Gilmore there. And I'll tell you, you know, I was out in my pasture the other day, and, uh, you know, one of my uh, cattle is getting sick. I mean, they would just do the the random stuff, you know, like – you know, I was down at Ace Hardware. You know that they got some good lumber on sale. You know? <laughs> go see so and so. Yeah, yeah, and and, and that's really, oh, God. I wish I had their talent. Yeah. Anyways, I have my own podcast. Well, that, but they it, don't, but yeah. It,
2: I, I, I try to listen to. I even listen to them on you know sitting at home on a Friday night on my phone. Just because the entertainment value. Oh,
1: yeah, yeah. You know, Some, you somebody know. in one of the football games kept ringing a cowbell on the other team, and they'd be like, and so we're in the fourth quarter, and they're still ringing that dang bell.
2: <laughs> my favorite is, is there's a holding call on every play. Yeah. You, the steer Graham Steers never hold, but everybody holds them. Yeah. That's my favorite thing. Yeah, well, yeah. We just gained 20 yards, but they could have called holding. Yeah and they didn't, these refs.
1: Yeah, they didn't. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. There's a holding call against this dude. That, by God, I was watching that, and there was no holding that. The referees need to get their eyes checked. <laughs> Man, this has turned into a reunion of sorts. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, let's go into back in the day. Uh, let's uh, Let's talk about some old school stuff. Let me, let me try that again. I'm new at this, uh, DJ and crap over here.
0: When there was GI Joe and Atari. Saturday morning cartoons and Sony Walkman. Calabunga dudes. Chillax. Time to take a trip down memory lane when blockbusters were big and MTV actually played music videos. It's time for Back in the Day.
1: So, summertime. Everybody says the summertime blues... I think that was for the people that had to work every summer. They're, we had those friends growing up. They're oh yeah, like, hey man, you gonna come to do this? We're gonna go to. Nah, I'm going to work with my dad, or I'm, I'm. I've got a bunch. I got a summer job. That's hey. the summertime blues.
2: Yeah, hey, You know, they weren't like like had friends that hold hay. That's not a yeah. Sl- that's not a slacker. Summertime shop. No, no, I
1: had to do that a few <laughs> times. That was not fun at all. That, you think, because I remember being a kid, and you lift up a hay bale, and you're like, oh, this ain't so heavy.
2: I think I did it three times. Yeah. And I'm like, this is uh, not for me. Yeah, this
1: is this is uh, definitely not for me. And then you get straw that gets stuck in your arm or something, and you're sneezing and stuff all day. Yeah, uh, summertime blues, man, I didn't get a lot of those growing up, but what I did have is badass fun times. Oh, yeah. And... These kids today, my stepkids, Jackson and Caden, amazing boys, play good sports. They're active. They're, you know, their, their dad keeps them active in, in baseball and stuff, and then they're getting into golf, and they, they, now they want to play soccer, football, so they're active. When they're not playing sports, though, they're not out exploring. And, I mean, if we go on a nature walk or whatever, then they'll, they'll trail off and go find something to do because they don't have their tablets yeah. But that's the thing about this generation. I just can't. I mean, I guess I can because when we were young, I mean, there was always the best day of, hey, I'm sick from school. Oh, hey, I got my Star Wars, my G.I. Joe. I got my Nintendo set. I was like, I don't care to go back to school anymore. No. Now it's the summer times, man. I'm I'm out and about I'm driving around with my top down in the town, and I don't see a lot of kids out playing. Maybe it's too hot. I don't know. I remember back in the day, it's like
2: I don't. I don't ever remember it being too hot when we were growing up. Yeah, yeah. So, it was
1: just because just we're kids. It's like go to the pool. Mom's cleaning the house. What does she tell you to do? Get out. Yeah, get out. Go outside and play with your friends.
2: Ride your bike down to the pool. Yeah. Spend oh, all, that's the thing. Yeah, spend all day there.
1: Yeah. It. it how old were we? <laughs> Eight, eight to twelve. Yeah, our parents were not. I mean, well, we were also in a small town that didn't have kidnappings. You know that we knew of. Yeah, it, and it, at two different times, our town was named safest town in America. And I'm like, thanks for letting all the criminals know yeah. where to move to.
2: Y'all come on down.
1: Yeah, this is before it really got methy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then, then later, everybody's teeth started falling out. But that's the thing is, back in the day, I remember summer being the best. Going to city pool, waking up. Watching cartoons, playing video games, finding something to do, man. I remember over in your neck of the woods, on that side of town, there was uh, there was uh, uh, the bluff. Oh yeah, dude, that place is cool. The I bluffs. learned how to learn how to rappel, uh, down the side of the, the bluffs.
2: That was uh, and that's I've always wondered if kids go down there and take advantage of that. You know, one, it was. Somebody owned all that land, but none of it was fenced off. Yeah. And if it was fenced off, you crawled over the fence, you know, built forts. I mean, you had creeks down there. Yeah, it was go great. Go fish, build forts, BB
1: gun wars. Oh, yeah, BB gun wars. Those are pretty much frowned upon now. I mean, yeah. with the advent of paintball guns that are yeah. biodegradable and stuff. But, yeah, I remember BB gun wars.
2: You know, go find somebody else's fort and find a trash bag full of Playboys and you steal those, take them over to your fort. That leads to a BB gun. war. Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's how the battle, uh, of the
2: battle of the smut, match you know, yeah. then occasionally you'd be down there and somebody would pull down there with their old, their old lady and be parking. And as a young kid, you just, hey,
1: what, what, what are they <laughs> doing? Yeah. What's that smell? They,
2: they weren't down there to baseball cards. That's right. Sure. You know?
1: Yeah. That's the thing is, uh, I just wish, man, that uh, the kids today could take advantage. I mean, hell, man, being older, summer's already halfway over as far as I'm concerned. It just seems like June just flew by.
2: But, uh, you know, my I also look at it, too, is, you know, City Pool, for example. You know, they had, they had a 10-foot high dive.
1: Oh, my God, the most unsafe structure in you the know, history.
2: And they take all that <coughs> stuff away. I mean, I guess kids still find a way to have fun, but, you know, it was Fun just to sit there and watch people eat it coming off of that thing.
1: Oh, yeah. And there's somebody at one point slipped and busted his ribs on the side there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm surprised no one ever died off that. But at the same time, how many belly busters or back busters or I learned to do a flip off that giant high dive. I mean, you're up there. I was scared to death. I think it death. was like 10 or 12 foot. I mean, yeah. it, was, it was up there. You I were mean,
2: moving once you hit that water. Yeah. I if I you remember. didn't land right, it would let you know.
1: Yeah. And then, you know. That graduated me to going down to PK and going. Oh, these are even higher. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, I
2: never got to that
1: point. I, I jumped off PK cliffs uh, two or three times, and then the last one was like I, I damn near say it was over fifty feet. I mean, it was. It wasn't Hell's Gate high. Yeah, it was like back toward you know The back the, the like if if you're heading from. Uh, Down down the lake. If you were heading back up the Brazes, uh, the current, it's those cliffs that were over on the left, and the lake was kind of down. I was with, it was me and and Clint besack and Derek Morgan, and I think Duck Pardon was with us. I mean, a lot of obscure names here that these listeners don't know about, except if you're from that area. And 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 I was up there, and and you wore your shoes because you had to climb up all these rocks. There might be rattlesnakes. There's cactus and everything. Finally, you get up to the top. And you look out and you look down, and I'm like, holy crap, the boat looked like it was an ant. And the guys are waving. I think that's what they were waving. Come on down. Yeah. But you leave your shoes on because when you hit the water, that's going to hurt them feet. So you leave your shoes on.
2: Do you ever see anybody uh, jump off Hell's Gate and, like, eat it? Once.
1: Once I saw a dude jump off Hell's Gate, but I don't think he ate it real bad. But I ate it when I jumped off that cliff. And that cliff had to have been 50, at least 50 feet in the air, 50 feet like a five-story, five-, six-story building. I mean, it was high. And I remember when I went off, I was trying to get my bearings right, and I ended up doing basically a can opener. (laughs) One leg down, one leg was kind of up. From 50 feet, I bet that. And the backside of my right leg, like the next day, was all like almost black. Black and blue. Yeah, and then uh, my arms were kind of out like this, and the water did this. And from then, that point on, if I stretch certain ways, I'll pop my sternum. So I'm wondering, you know, like how bad that thing must <laughs> be. I probably have back problems because of that one jump. And after that, I never jumped off another cliff. Uh, I take that back. I jumped off uh, the Rock Creek Bridge into Rock oh, Creek. Yeah. yeah. It, but the water was way up. Somebody yeah. Was, you know, I was like, oh, this this isn't so bad right yeah, here. Yeah, I mean,
2: just kind of like drove over that. You're like, hey, let's, yeah, let's do this.
1: Yeah. And then whenever you actually jump over, you're like, oh, it's a little bit than I thought. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, anyway. the the kids today though, man, it's everything's a liability. Everything's an insurance issue. Everything's a oh, it's not safe. Oh, we got to take down all these swing sets and stuff and put up plastic safe stuff so the kid doesn't get hurt. These kids aren't. It tough. has taken a lot of fun out life. It know? is it, I, dude. But I then remember
2: again, you think about some of the stuff we did.
1: Yeah, and some and it's some of the most. Kinda like,
2: boy, that wasn't real.
1: Yeah, the, the most unsafe structure, like the merry-go-round, no one did those anymore because Centripetal Force flung kids off of it. And that used to be one of my favorite things. Seesaws, they took those oh, yeah. away too, unless you get the real small ones, because you'd always have the one, and ours were made from Southern bleachers. <laughs> yeah, you know, 40-foot. <laughs> yeah. And you'd get somebody way up high, and all of a sudden that person would be a dork. And Just they'd bail. They'd be like, Just See bail. If, and <laughs> bam. And there was nothing worse than. The person bailing on you in the down part of a seesaw.
2: You had to have your head on a swivel on those. Oh, God. Be be selective on who you got on there with. But it didn't matter who you were with. They were going to do it. Yeah. You know.
1: The one thing I will say that that kids still can have a taste of what we had, and that's Chuck E. Cheese. Ah. Chuck E. Cheese is still there. They still got the animatronic but, yes, I mean, it was Showbiz Pizza. Yeah, that's we, what I was about to say. We had Showbiz. Yeah, it was, it, it was the same company. It just had Chuck E. Cheese and they had Showbiz. And Showbiz was more country-orientated, where I think Chuck E. Cheese was more rock and roll. And, you know, you'd always have that one animatronic that's not even working. The rest <laughs> of her saying, is like, well, what's wrong with the bear? It's like, oh, he's, he's hibernating right now. You know, you'd have somebody telling you he's hibernating. Or
2: remember, like, the rat that was a cheerleader? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean she always would get stuck just going – Hands going up and down. Yeah. Trying to see four not blondes or something. I mean, it was-
1: when I was uh, 14 and I was a freshman in high school, I, uh, I punched the mouse at, at uh, showbiz, Chuck E. Cheese. And I got banned from there. They straight up told my parents don't bring him back because <laughs> apparently the girl had, the, uh, there was a girl that was behind the mask. I didn't know. I just, you know, they, they, they kept coming up doing mime stuff, you know, trying to be funny and then they put, their Hand on the the video things. I it was me and Matt Ford. You know Matt Ford. Oh yeah. So and I turned around a, and there's just there's
2: a human behind the mask. Yeah. Or behind the machine.
1: No, there's a, it's like there was the actual somebody dressed up and was walking around in the game room and it, it like. So you punched. A mascot. The,
2: the mascot, not the actual.
1: No, no, no. I didn't walk up there on stage and just, just haul off. I punched the actual person walking around as a mascot, and I didn't think it hurt them and, until they grabbed me and said, that hurt you, son of a bitch. And I was what, like, oh.
2: What you think it was going to do? Well, I didn't know because <laughs> they, they were
1: trying. Like I was playing a video game. They they put their hands on the screen trying to get my attention, trying to be funny, you know, doing mime stuff, doing, doing stupid, you know, like. I was like, it just cost me cost me fifty cents to play this game. He just you know? went full rampage on. I just turned around and went whoosh, just like a quick little like rap to the beak, and uh, the manager came over and then uh, we thought everything was cool. But then the manager, like toward the end, everybody's leaving and starts talking to my mom. And then I saw my mom just look over at me, and, you know, from across the well. Here's the end. Here's the end of my my tenure at uh, coming up here for birthday parties. Oh, jeez. So, you got
2: banned for life from the party pizza.
1: No shit, right? I mean, that's just how <laughs> it happens. But here's my here's my biggest thing about kids today in summers. And if there's and if people are listening, if you're raising your kids, get them get them creative, get them off the tablets. I've already told my wife or my fiance as soon as we're married and kids are moved in and everything. They're gonna do. They're gonna do a lot of outdoor stuff. There's gonna be days where I'm just gonna say, get out of the house, ride your bikes. And but she's kind of one of them overprotective moms too, where she's gonna be like, no, we need to know where they're at. I'm, they got cell phones with GPS. We'll be fine. You know, I, I you gotta have faith. I I used to walk to school when I was like eight, nine years old. You know, or ride my bike to school. Well,
2: another part of the deal is is people's People can't take jokes anymore. Right. You know, one of the things we did every summer, it didn't really matter if it was summer, we did it year-round. I think I probably learned it from your cousin, Michael Brett, was what we called grungy fishing. Yeah,
1: grungy fishing. I, I did that twice here in Florida. I introduced it to some people here.
2: I'm, I'm, and basically what grungy fishing is is get a purse on the end of a fishing line and throw it out in the street, and people see it and stop, and about the time they get out of their car and reach down, you reel it in.
1: It's a it's a good joke. It, it's
2: a classic joke, and it was always amazing how, bent out of shape, people would really get. Oh yeah,
1: like there 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 was we used to video because oh yeah. our thing was we were going to send into America's Funniest Home Videos, and this is before Beavis and Butthead had their oh yeah. episode of Couch Fishing. That's what some people have called it. No, we invented Grungy Fishing because there was nothing to do in Graham, Texas. You know, we didn't have a lot of youth centers. We had the arcade that just maybe open once a week and let you come in and play like five video games that were in it well that
2: you'd always catch the same people multiple times yeah. It's like day after day I'm like, when are you gonna
1: learn? I caught Michael Brett <laughs> you know how we how I did it I went into my mom's closet and found an old bank money bag and I tied go. it I tied it onto the little hole in the zipper with the trot line and he he's driving by. <laughs> He slammed on his brakes. He gets out, and I jerk it from him. He looks over, and he's like, he goes, man. He goes, I thought I was really about to be rich. <laughs> because, I mean, there's this bank money
2: bag. I look, I look back <laughs> at it, and some of the engineering feats that we did, you know, because the cops would show up. They were usually cool and tell you, hey, man, tone it down. Yeah, yeah. like You're looks, impeding traffic. Yeah,
1: there's this is rush hour. People are getting off work. You're going to get in a wreck. So I
2: remember Rob and I got a golf ball and drilled a hole through through it. Then tied the end of the string around. That way, when the cops came, we could throw it and run off. Or if somebody picked up your purse, when they drove off, you let go of that thing and they're dinging (laughs) cars all the way down the
1: road. I didn't know that. (laughs) I never knew this extra step that we could. Oh, my God. I showed my dad how to do it. He said, what's grungy, fishing?" And I said, I'll show you. And I, it was one of my mom's old purses. And he didn't even realize that I had got mom's purse and threw it out there. And I did it one time, and he said, he shook his head laughing. He said, I can't believe this. And then later my mom's like, that's one of my favorite old purses. I'm oh I screwed up now. I mean,
2: go to Walmart, buy a two dollar purse. Or I, I mean we'd even wrap shoe boxes in like brown paper, make it look like a UPS box. Yeah. That worked really well. Yeah.
1: So if but, you're if you're out there and you're bored this summer, do some that, grungy fishing.
2: I don't know that I'd do it now. People probably get so damn mad. You know? No.
1: Well there was one there's one time I remember I was I was over at Michael Brett's and this uh, this Camaro, it looked, it looked like the, uh, like when we were on the soccer team. Remember the the Psycho Three car that kept driving <laughs> yeah. by with the big wheels in the back yeah. and then like the little small wheels yeah. in the front. Well, it was one of those that just kept driving by. We we couldn't see the guy. We see just see the bill of his hat. And he kept turning, and looking, and he'd drive by, and then he'd drive by again, looking at it. Those and, were the best ones that kept on. Yeah, like and the then man. finally we we saw the dude turn, make a U turn, and he'd come around. And all of a sudden, you hear and then the door opens, you see this hand stick down like he's the dude from Racing Arizona picking up the package, you know. And uh, he just grabs it, and all of a sudden, Michael Brett's uh, (laughs) test line's going, he had to cut that shit because he was like, cut it, cut it, because I was going to see the reel bounce around in his house and then just tear his door off.
2: Michael Brett had a good setup because I remember we do it, Sitting in his living room. Yes,
1: because I mean, it wasn't too far from the road and there was like that little circle drive in the front door. Yeah. That was so, that was so funny. I
2: remember, uh, you remember Mr. Moore? Yeah. The teacher. Yeah. He,
1: Frank Moore? Yeah. Yeah. He just passed away this year. Yeah. Yeah.
2: But we caught him over at my house one day. Yeah.
1: We talked about him on this podcast a couple of
2: times. (laughs) Frank. And, uh, we caught him. He lived on the street behind mom and dad and, he, he didn't appreciate it. Yeah. So he backs up, pulls in the driveway. We're sitting there in the garage. We see him pulling in the driveway. He gets out of his car and starts walking up the garage. Just shut the garage door. And he's yelling at us. And, you know, he can hear us laughing at him. <laughs> you know, just <laughs> taunting him. Well, the next day in class, we were in junior high. He came and pulled me out of my class the next day. Still just madder than hell about it saying, I'm going to cause a wreck and this and that. I'm like, okay, Mr. Moore.
1: I mean, this isn't like Fort Worth where it's rush hour <laughs> yeah. traffic. This is rural Graham, Texas. 30 minutes. Yeah, like three cars passing 30 minutes. Come on.
2: But That was one of my favorite ones, Frank Moore.
1: God, grungy fishing. Quest. God, well, I guess the moral of this back in the day is I think we had more fun as kids than kids today. We created our fun. Yeah. You know, you create your fun, man. It's just,
2: granted, most of it was mischief, but I mean, but it was still fun. It wasn't really hurting anyone. Yeah. Most of the time.
1: Most of the time. Uh, I will say that, you know, the occasional, uh, ghost knocking, um, uh, egging egging was fine you know you don't want to do too much like we would do stupid crap like oh somebody left their trailer out like flatbed trailer out in the front of their house well hey let's move it out in the middle of the street and go hide and watch the cops yeah. put it back or, you know yeah. just stupid stuff you know we're not hurting nobody i mean you know you knock on somebody's door there was one where the <laughs> uh, tony wadley and scott covington they lived next to each other on Blewett it after i'd moved over two streets and we had uh, this old lady, Miss Prophet, William Prophet's mom. If she ever saw headlights or whatever, she was so nosy. If somebody pulled up next door, she's out and, oh, it's not that's not somebody here to visit me, you know. So these guys figured out a way. They're like, Greg, get over here. And I'm like, what? They're like, dude, this is the greatest thing ever. Get over here. So I was like, all right. So come over. Tony Wadley was kind of our technical guy. You know, He uh, he always had this you know, the shed and he had all, he would get engineer. Yeah, he was. He, he had like, he was the first one of us friends. He's like, guys, I got a thousand uh, candle power spotlight. And I'm like, cool. When are we ever going to use that for? Well, he found out he had like three of them. He's like, Greg, come here, watch this. Him and Scott were like, they turn it on. They just start going like this at her house. And they turn it (laughs) off. We're hiding. She comes out thinking that somebody just pulled into a driveway. We did this all night. And finally the cops show up <laughs> and, and we, we're sitting there in the bushes listening, you know, in front of Tony's house. And she's like, she goes, yeah, I don't know. It's just the strangest thing. Somebody keeps pulling in my driveway and then pulling out and leaving. Just simple things like that. Little tiny jokes. I mean, ain't hurting nobody.
2: No, but, you know, people are like, well, that was mean. It's like, well, it wasn't mean?
1: No, if she would have come to the door and cocked a shotgun, we would have known, okay, yeah. we've taken it too far at this point. Yeah yeah that's uh, that was the whole point and and oh and snitching watermelons who didn't do that as a kid in rural texas yeah somebody had a watermelon patch i don't care who you are somebody's gonna jump in your yard take a watermelon and leave that was the that was the 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 art of it and if you didn't want them to steal your watermelon you filled your shotgun up with salt and you just shot that at them
2: (laughs) you know around halloween pumpkins Oh god! There were yes. more pumpkins smashed in the street than there were on people's porches. About yes. time to put a pumpkin out.
1: Oh look at my great so, design pumpkin! I got somebody first like place. Me or you
2: decided? Hey, that pumpkin's needs to be smashed. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, and and, and then go listen to the band afterward. No, I didn't do that. Yeah, that was pretty tough. Yeah, I, I didn't get into smashing pumpkins Never until will. like until like 2010. I, I liked them all right, it wasn't big. Anyways, thanks. Uh, thanks for the back in the day down memory lane. I kind of want to go out and cause mischief at this point. All right, <laughs> let's go to idiots. In uh, yeah, that that would be dude. They have a sheriff here in this. I don't know if you've heard about the dick uh, in this yeah, county. I've heard about you. Oh my god, Grady Judd, Yeah, I don't want to screw up because he's fan, he's famous for putting kids in jail too. Oh, you're eighteen. Are 18 or you sixteen years he's old? Gonna, you got you got. He's going
2: to save them from their future of.
1: Okay, what happened when we were kids? If we were 16, 14 in high school and we got caught with a beer, what would we get? Ticket. Yeah, a minor in possession. Yeah, yeah, and and uh, let me go tell your parents. Guess what they do here? Throw you in jail. Just throw you in jail, and you, you at least have to be in there for 10 hours before they'll allow, because the bail bond service here is not like, not he, like. He probably yeah owns that, too. Yeah, and that's, yeah, it's it's ridiculous how, uh, I, I, saw, I saw a kid that was. 16 years old and he was in jail and he was sitting there scared out of his mind i said what are you in here for he's like i have a six pack of beer in my in my trunk and i was like well where are your parents goes, well my my parents were they've already started trying to bail me out i mean i'm in a lot of trouble but yeah they as soon as i was arrested i called them and, and they're trying to get a bail bondsman yeah. and i was like you're still here he goes yeah he's like and and, and soon as he gets bonded, he's got to get the, the paddy wagon's got to go pick him up from the jail and then bring it was just a thirty mile drive, bring him back.
2: Like, like when we were growing up, all I remember is having to pay a fine.
1: Yeah, minor in possession is like a eighty dollar ticket.
2: The one I got was two thirty. Oh. oh, that was back at, yeah when I was in college there.
1: I remember one in Grand Tex I got was like eighty bucks.
2: The week before, some, last week I was at home before I went back. College. I got a MIP standing in a yard. It was only one I ever got. I think it cost like two hundred thirty bucks. Mm. need jail time involved.
1: Yeah, if you're gonna give me a ticket that big, I might as well go to jail so I can have an awesome story. Well, let's go into idiots in the news. This is this is going to be the highlight of my day. It's talking about dumbasses with you. <laughs> Idiots in the news
0: is brought to you by drugs. Because if you do drugs, you'll be an idiot in the news. Get in here, Coming in.
1: Y'all want buy some drugs? <laughs> All right. So we're gonna start out with uh, this first one, which was gonna be my last one, but I think it it warrants to be the first one. Um. So this is a story out of Florida, <laughs> a substitute teacher here in Florida. I love, I love it. anytime I want to look up idiots or dumb criminals or anything, it's always Florida. Florida is like got to be, well, tex- the Florida, the Florida Texas man is- never used to be a thing until after I moved here.
2: Well, Texas is to be, he's coming in close second.
1: Yeah. It yep. used to be, it used to be Alabama, Mississippi, and you made fun of Kentucky. You made fun of all the – the. Ri- but Florida is like, no, we're going to make them all look good now.
2: Well, I think Florida to me is more of a – Texas is just a lot more concentrated in one area. So that you get that going on and people are going to go you, crazy. Yeah,
1: but also you got a mix of – I mean, there's nobody – there's not too many – you will find maybe – there's a couple of people I know that are like fifth generation Floridians. And I'm like, Holy crap. It's like, yeah, well, my great, great grandfather uh, planted that orchard over that orange orchard or for minute mate or something. you know, you hear some of those Yeah. most of the time. It's like, Oh, I moved down here from New York or, Hey, I'm here from, uh, from Michigan. You know, I, I don't meet a lot of people there from Florida or if they are, they're like my age, they were born here or, you know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so this one, This does not surprise me. I mean, before I even read it said Florida, it just smelled, (laughs) no pun intended, uh, like um, a Florida story. A substitute teacher has been arrested after police say she attempted to ruin a child's outdoor birthday party by smearing feces all over the picnic benches. (laughs) Heather Carpenter, 42, was unhappy with the way the principal at Philippi shores elementary school in sarasota handled a complaint she had filed police say so in an effort to get back at her she showed up to Erfer park where the principal was hosting a birthday party for her daughter i saw a lady wearing a mask and she had rubber gloves on witness michael Hutchins says she had a cup of something she was pouring it on tables and wiping it in she went table to table. Police identified the substance on in the cup as human feces. Carpenter who faces criminal mischief charges being held on a $2,500 bond. And needless to say, she no longer works for the, the Felipe shores elementary school. Wow. What a substitute. Uh, what's the most, uh, irrational thing you've ever done to get back at somebody. Well, that, your thoughts
2: that, uh, what gets me is that was a premeditated. Yeah. It's like, hey, I'm going to take a dump in this cup.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Put my gloves on. I mean, she was careful about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. She
1: was She was one girl, one cup. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> she had no, uh, she had nobody helping her in this, uh, in this little but, poop, you know, poopscapade.
2: To me, if you want my personal opinion, the story would have been better if she just went up there and took a dump. Right yeah. In front of just drop trout yeah. right there on
1: the table. Yeah. yeah. Me, yeah. That's.
2: That's the ultimate move, but, I mean, that's still pretty Well, she heavy. didn't
1: get she didn't get uh, any other. She got that charge, you know. Uh, it's a misdemeanor, but she could have had a felony if she would have dropped trout, and that that's true. it in decent exposure. I mean, you can't moon somebody anymore. Remember back in the day, your buddies, whatever, and you'd look over, and one of them's mooning you. I remember one time I was going to the McDonald's and Graham, and Jeremy Roach and some of his friends are there, and one of them fucking mooned me from <laughs> the, the inside McDonald's, or, you know. Or
2: I remain nameless, <laughs> but mooning who you thought was your friend in his car, and sticking your ass out the window and look at, and you look over and like that's their mom driving their car. Oh yeah, that's that, that was a smooth one. Yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna have to be told to me later on. <laughs> so anyway, if you're listening, uh, please email me at AmericanMadePodcast.com. Made Podcast. At gmail com. Tell me the worst thing that you've ever done. Or find me uh the Angry Texan on Facebook. I'd like to know. I'd like to read some of these stories of how petty people have done got get back at people. Uh what have you done? Ah, uh, God, the list goes on. I mean, what haven't I done? Um uh, like simple revenge. Uh, I got a girl fired from a job that kind of got me fired from a job one time oh, yeah. you know like i just the girl was like oh made some big complaint i wasn't at that job very long but i was like oh she's the one that did that to me oh wow she then she was bragging like yeah i got him fired cool well then uh i went up that job several months later it was a bar and saw her drinking so i took camera with me took pictures that were drinking and then just have them developed and Left them in an envelope. just leave these right here. Left them in an envelope uh, addressed to the manager. And I heard she got fired and then she made a big deal about it. I hope she's listening to this podcast. I I don't know if that girl's still around. But anyways, that's how I got her fired. But I think mine was more warranted because she was stealing from the company. I never really. I was just, I don't know. I I forgot what I got fired. It was something stupid because it was was one of those bars where they just mainly want to hire women. And I was the one male that was working there and some of the Rednecks came in, like, oh, get rid of him. Let's get some more girls in here.
2: I'm trying to think of what I've done for revenge a couple of times. Uh, you know, random stuff. I'd go put stuff up on uh, Craigslist. Yeah. And then put whoever had made me mad's number. Yeah. You know, like put a. Texas, you can get on there and put one of those above the ground pools, like you can buy from Walmart. Yeah. And then put somebody's, whoever you don't like's phone number, and then post. <laughs>
1: That's <laughs> and, not bad. And
2: they'll usually call you within an hour or two, or asking you to take it down. But I can't remember what else I've, I haven't, I haven't got anybody fired that I know of.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's the only person I really got fired. Um,
2: but. There's this one girl, I can't, we played a joke on somebody. She was part of the joke. And then a couple of days later, went snitched to the person we played the joke on, blaming all blaming us for it. Oh, yeah, yeah, one and of act, those. And acted like she didn't have anything to do with it. Oh, yeah,
1: I've, I've had a few of those in she, my day. She was one of
2: these kind of hoity-toity, nose-in-the-air type of gals, you know, it's like, yeah.
1: I was wrong for them to do that. I told yeah, them not yeah. to. Yeah.
2: So she, her and her husband were moving into this new house in this new neighborhood. Look, we, we got to do something to get this girl back. I, I was like really mad about it. So we uh, a buddy of mine and this other girl that was with us, like, let's just go toilet paper her house. I mean, yeah. we, this is when we were 20s, mid-20s, living in Lubbock. I hadn't been toilet paper in the house. Well, we just go and get a couple of things with well, the girl that was with us. Like, y'all aren't doing it right, you know, by a 38 roll. Yeah. God. So, so we go and toilet paper this girl's house that she's moving into. You know, they bought it. They're moving into it, redecorating. And she called one of her other friends, complaining that somebody toilet papered their house and she doesn't know what the neighbors are going to think. You know, we aren't like that. And just, you know. This is so embarrassing in my new neighborhood, yeah, uh. so my friend told me what she said, so I then wrote up a fake h o a top letter and went stuck it on her door, basically telling her that that kind of stuff doesn't fly in her new neighborhood <laughs> 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 you know threat you know if this happens again there'll be legal ramifications. well it didn't really sent her into a tailspin over that but that was one of my
1: better ones. Oh, God, what a good joke. That's very, very. Uh, Why
2: we would decided to toilet paper.
1: <laughs> it was fun. Yeah. Imagine if somebody would have been caught toilet papering <laughs> during the pandemic. What the <laughs> you yeah. doing? You're throwing up gold.
2: <laughs> that would have been funny if somebody did it, though. Yeah. There, or people probably could run, grab it out of the tree. I know.
1: Scrap. I'd be like, everybody, like, yeah. there's like half a roll right there just hanging from that limb. Just <laughs> stare it out. All right, my next uh, story here. Fast food manager back in jail for a second. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. A second sexual assault. On May 8th, 2018, Will County Sheriff's Detectives arrested Philip W. Burroff, age 25, of Oakland Park on several counts of aggravated criminal sexual abuse after he engaged in sexual misconduct with an underage female. At the time of the offense, Burroughs was a supervisor at several Wendy's restaurants and began a relationship with the female who was an employee during the course of the investigation. Uh, Burroughs implicated himself and stated that he was aware of the, that the victim was 16 years of age. Burroughs spent time in the adult detention facility awaiting bench trial and uh, did a plea bargain. Attorney said he was sentenced to 180 days of jail with three years probation on that court date. February uh, 28th, 2019, he was released, uh, having served his time. All right, ready for this? 13 days later, March 13th, 2019, Mat- Matano Police Department, with the assistance of Wilk County Sheriff's Detectives, arrested Burrow for criminal aggravated sexual abuse, 13 to 16 years old, following a new investigation into a complaint of a second female, Wendy's employee, <laughs> according to the uh, county records, uh, Burroughs is alleged to have had uh, assaulted the female on three separate occasions prior to his arrest in May of 2018. Burroughs contacted the female immediately, knowing his release from the jail, and assisted by the the police and the detectives, and they charged him with child pornography after file, uh, files were found on his phone. Now, his bond is like a million dollars and he's still in jail. So, uh, so he, he got out. What did, yeah, he got out and, and then, then, like, called, immediately called, immediately started trying to hook up with another kid. Like, Jesus Christ, dude, you got a problem. So, that's one of those ones. Like, let's go ahead and, uh, well, the and,
2: fact that he only had to serve 180 days is the first issue.
1: Yeah. And i and I'm just, I'm reading that and I don't recognize any of the counties, so I, I'm, I'm assuming that wasn't Florida, but immediately it smelt like it. <laughs> Young County. Yeah. <laughs> Walmart, uh yeah. Yeah. All right. My final story. <laughs> this is the one that like really got to me. <laughs> and uh the title the title just screams uh it, it just straight up says, uh attention, uh we don't want Florida to get this one. We're gonna take credit. Drunk Arkansas men are arrested. After a night of drinking, two Arkansas men decided to test the durability of their bulletproof vest. (laughs) I love how this starts out. By shooting each other, Rogers residents Charles Eugene Ferris, 50, and Christopher Hicks, 36, obviously two men of older age that clearly probably know better uh, ended up in the hospital where they told investigators they were shot after they were hired for a secret mission that involved following somebody through Hobbs state park, according to the Benton County Sheriff's office. But when Ferris wife showed up to the hospital, she had a different story to tell. The men had been drinking on Ferris's back porch when he asked Hicks to shoot him. Although the vest stopped the bullet, it still left a painful mark on Ferris's chest. That upset Ferris, so when Hicks put on the vest, Ferris unloaded the <laughs> clip <laughs> into Ferris's back. <laughs> he's, he's mad. Oh he my unloaded God! The clip. <laughs> yeah, according to Aphrodavid. <laughs> Both men were arrested and charged with felony aggravated assault before releasing them on a $5,000 bond each. A judge issued a no contact order between the men. They face up to 6 years in prison and a maximum fine of $10,000. I want to find out
2: what what is it illegal in this if they I know it sounds consensual. But- <laughs> it does.
1: But there's just something about, you know, like, "Oh, you shot me in the chest, but I'm hurting now. I'm so pissed." And he's like, hey, we're good. The dude walks off. He's still got his chin. Nah, I'm not going to shoot you. He turns around. (laughs) Just, I mean, in his back. Dude, do you understand how bad that probably hurts? He unloaded the clip (laughs) in his back.
2: It kind (sighs) of sounds like a group I wouldn't mind, like, hanging out with from a distance. Yeah. Just (laughs) observe the.
1: Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a couple of neighbors that you're like, you tell your friends, like, y'all come over and drink. We're going to watch our neighbors.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the it. Trailer park.
1: Yeah. Like, you know, from a safe distance. Maybe put up some wildlife cameras, you know, those ones where it's like, well, we're going to see them in their element. You know? We left a six-pack of bush light on the front porch. Let's see what happens. You know? Well,
2: I'm just trying to see. I'd love to see how that conversation came up. Like, here, I'm going to put this on. You shoot me in the chest.
1: <laughs> I know. You're drunk, what, too, when you say it.
2: What led to that? What what conversations were had before this?
1: I don't know, but uh, guns rights in the Second Amendment had to have been in the conversation <laughs> it's somewhere. It's Toby Key song. Yeah. <laughs> There's a Toby Key song on somewhere. And, the, and somebody, uh, uh, there had to have been a Second Amendment, something, somebody said the word libtard or something, and that just got him going. <laughs> And
2: Somebody played Josh Abbott. <laughs> <laughs> Pisses everybody off because he sucks. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs>
1: that's so awesome. <laughs> oh God. Oh. Okay, so what's the dumbest thing anybody has done when they're drunk? I could start a new podcast on just drunk stories <laughs> by the angry Texan. We're, we're going to have call-ins <laughs> from Graham, Texas <laughs> this week. But seriously, if you've had a dumb, drunk adventure, something that you've done that's just been outrageously idiotic and you're still alive, obviously, email me, AmericanMadePodcastGmail.com. Come, 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 come. What? Sorry. And uh, also reach out to me on Facebook. Uh, you can check me out on Twitter. By
2: no, by no means is Greg promoting this either.
1: Yeah, yeah. I wanna that hear I mean, wanna no hear lot. some no, fun not. I wanna hear some fun drunk stories, man. Like some of our listeners, Devin's listeners especially, have some of the greatest ideas. And that's why that's why I want to hear more from. Like I'm sitting here trying to find discount test strips for, for diabetes. And one of his listeners suggested I need to we need to go check out the state sales. <laughs> that's actually not a bad Probably. idea. It made me laugh. I was like Dude, they're on to something. Anyways, that's going to do it for us. Uh, you can check me out on social media. Uh, we'll have more episodes coming up next week. Devin's got a ton of shows on the road coming up. Uh, he's got more episodes. You can check him out. Uh, Devin Seabold Comedy, Crying Crying in My Car podcast for teachers. And uh, we'll see you guys very shortly. Adios. Thank you, Chris, for joining us, brother.
0: Anytime. If you had a good time, give us a hell yeah. Woo! hell yeah. Email us at AmericanMadePodcast at gmail.com. You can also find The Angry Texan on Facebook at The Angry Texan Comedian, Twitter at The Real Angry Texan, YouTube at The Angry Texan, Instagram at The Real Angry Texan.